Welcome to Game Club, the premier podcast that's like a book club, but for video games. I'm your star captain, Dan. Uh, I'm Josh. I'm the super special guest <laughs> podcaster, uh, and I'm a game designer as well. Yes, you are. And I'm Charles, a tabletop gamer. Welcome to episode 11. With our special guest this week, we played FTL, Faster Than Light. So, Josh, before we get started into um, into the discussion about the game, obviously you're replacing our other very special co-host, Catherine, but can you give us a bit of a rundown of your bona fides of why you were chosen to be on the podcast? Uh, yeah, so uh, my day job is game designing. So I'm working at uh, EA in Melbourne. Um, and so, yeah, I guess I have a different insight into the into the, the process so that should hopefully help and we just like you better than Catherine <laughs> well, I feel like I've heard my name mentioned in the podcast before I dare say so we uh, <laughs> we throw people's name around all the time without asking permission it's, it's kind of our thing <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah good. and as our special guest do you want to give us uh, just a brief overview of what FTL is uh, and then we'll go into our nerd week sure uh, so it's basically kind of a roguelike uh space game with <clears throat> I guess you've got a crew and you've got all of your different ships and rooms and weapons and you're basically moving your way across the galaxy trying to not die and answer questions sort of a little bit like what uh, Solar Sea was like with maybe a little bit more action yeah I think it's pretty good uh pretty good summary of FTL and um, we'll be talking about that in this week's episode but first we're going to go into each of our nerd week Charles we'll start off with you how's your nerd week been my nerd week's been pretty good I'll try not to cover lots of group events and hence take everything away from everyone else uh so I did a board game testing day I took my uh board game which is in the testing phase at the moment which is very exciting so I've got components ready for it and I've tested it a few times and a local game store was having a testing day so about there were about five of us and we all brought along the games we were working on that were in different stages from a guy kind of had an idea and wanted to flesh it out with us and some others were really professional uh, and kind of right near their end phase so i took my game along and we played it and we had a great time and people were laughing and having fun and it was really successful and i got some great ideas on how i can improve it and wrote down notes and I'm just and was really satisfied with the whole experience. So that was really, really good. I was really excited that it actually worked and I wasn't embarrassed in front of all these board game nerds because that would be the worst thing ever and they would judge me and, and throw bricks through my window. So that was that. Uh, I've also been getting into Rick and Morty for anyone that's anybody uh, and has a soul has been watching Rick and Morty season three. Uh, I think episode four actually dropped tonight, which is exciting. So I'll hopefully be able to watch that soon. But I finally got around on the weekend watching some Rick and Morty and it was fantastic. It did not disappoint. Uh, so that's always nice. Things tend to drop off as the seasons go on. But I think episodes one to three have been fantastic. What do you guys think so far? Um, yeah, I'm, I've watched the first three. Uh, Josh, I know you don't like... Any kinds of spoilers, so you up to date on that. We probably won't 
actually talk sh- about the content. I sure am. And I watched the fourth one today because oh, I was homesick. Oh. So I'm even further ahead. How exciting. Very good. Uh, so that was good. And then also I had my 30th birthday party, which was exciting. And that is relevant to Nerd Week because I got lots of nerd presents. So I got some Lego Star Wars. I got some other gaming goodies. I got lots of wine, which isn't nerdy, but I'll drink it while putting Star Wars Lego together. And you also had a Star Wars cake. Yeah, there was a Star Wars cake. Most excitingly is as the big group present that everyone got me, which is adorable. It's a kind of dress-up photo shoot where I dress up as Darth Vader. There's a Darth Vader costume and a tiny little Princess Leia costume for my daughter Izzy. Uh, And we're going to dress up and we're going to do a photo shoot together. And it's going to be the most nerdy, adorable thing that a father and his child have ever done. So I'm super excited about it. I just realized, though, well, I realized earlier today, thinking about that present, uh, are you going to wear the full mask? So it could be anyone in that suit, right? <laughs> it could be. And I'm actually going to have a stunt double for when I get too hot and they're going to they're gonna step in with my daughter and take pictures. Well, I wonder, if you, can, uh, wonder if you can put, you know, the helmet under the arm and then do makeup so that your face looks all, you know, yeah, all gross. Yeah, like, freaky. That yeah. definitely won't freak my daughter out. That's, yeah. that's an excellent plan. Uh, so, yeah, there's going to be lots of different things going on, but I'm sure there'll be a mix of how uh, helmet on and helmet off but the best thing is is that i realized i'll have the costume for a few days not just the photo shoot so try and ease her into it instead of just scaring her by putting on a giant black helmet yeah that's it and everything else i do over those few days while i have it i will be darth vader for it so going to the park with the munch darth vader at home watching tv darth vader uh getting you know, in the bedroom, Darth Vader. Uh, the, the wife hasn't agreed to that one yet, but I got big plans. Uh, so yeah, that's the most exciting thing that's ever happened to me. And, and that'd be amazing. That shoot's being done by friend of the show, isn't it? It certainly is by Emily. Uh, it ooh, Emily her, McCoy. What's that? Friend of the show. We'll put a link uh, in the show notes. Uh, she mm. takes photos E-Mac for us. Photography, perhaps. Yes. Mm, that um, sounds good. Uh, she's taken photos for us at PAX and done a bunch of really cool shoots um, and takes photos for, you know, those pole dancing shows and things like that. So I think um, she's ready to go for the next level of hotness, which is Charles in a Vader, Vader outfit. <laughs> uh, I don't think anyone's level ready for that level of hotness, Dan, but we'll see. We will, we will soon find out. Uh, and Catherine's going to come along and help with the shoot too, so it should be a hilarious day. And that is my nerd week. Cool, cool. Well, uh, my nerd week also included my birthday, which was two weeks ago. Um, wasn't as nerdery as Charles. I didn't have a Star Wars cake, but we did play D&D on the day itself. And um, since then, I've had a big board game delivery. Yes. So we got all sorts of goodness. Uh, codename pictures, Merchants and Marauders, Pandemic Legacy Season 1, the blue edition, of mm. course. Blue, definitely. I was a Pokemon blue guy, so it had to be, <laughs> had to be Legacy Blue. Were you Team Mystic as well? I think so. You got I think I chose yeah, Team Mystic. Yeah, 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 we were Team Mystic. Yep. That's uh, how you guys. <laughs> Terraforming Mars, the Others Beta Team Box, Time Stories Ex- Expedition Endurance, Time Stories Lumen Fide, and Time Stories Under the Mask. So a bunch of awesome board games and quite a few that are you play with the same group mm. and that's kind of the group you stick with, like Pandemic Legacy and Time Stories. Uh, so that's um, that's a lot of fun. Hopefully we can actually find time to play them now that they're taking up shelf space. Yeah, well, we've already got we've already got a day booked. I think 10th of September, by the way, Josh, we've locked that in. You're now oh, good. You're now committed to that. Um, yeah. Surprise. Uh, so from, yeah, so. from what I know about the ones that I ordered as part of that, uh, a lot of them were... And watch me butcher this, the Spiel der Jahres 
uh, winners or runner-ups. So that was kind of a cool, uh, like you look at the, the winners of that Game of the Year award in Germany and it's kind of a good way to base some some decisions since there's so many many board games around very much is for those that don't know what the spielers are or how the hell you pronounce that German who speaks German uh it's there's a there's a games convention essentially in Germany which is the biggest board game convention in the world I think uh and they're kind of the awards that are attached to that um and that's I think what you're uh you're referring to and what you base your decision off which is very exciting they should be yeah. good they, they tend to, be to they tend to be really good quality. Like mm. it's it's the the premiere. It's the the Oscars of board games, if you will. It is indeed nice. Uh, and then my final bit of nerd week is I finally beat Witcher three. That's big. Uh, the main story. So that was really exciting. Uh, many many hours sunk into that, and a couple of false starts. Uh, but now I'm ready to get on into the expansions and keep keep slaying those monsters forever. Witcher three forever. What what is a false start in the Witcher? Just spec wrong. Uh, no, I was playing. Um, you slept on... with the wrong chick. Is that <clears throat> it? Uh, not <laughs> okay. at all. I uh, I was I was playing on Emma's version on GOG as it's a DRM free um, service, and I was like, oh, I'll install it on my computer as well and and give this game a shot. You know, how good could it be? And then I got pretty deep in, uh, and then GOG was having a sale where it was you could get witcher 3 and all the expansions for 75 percent off so i was like oh you know what i really want to do this this is i've already sunk heaps of time into this game i want to support this game bought it however the game of the year edition that i bought my save files were not compatible with the one i'd been playing so i had to start again um but i think it was still worth it just knowing what i'd already learned over the, the the bunch of hours i'd sunk in so able to get back up to where i was pretty quickly uh, and make smarter decisions and things like that as well. So, so were you uh, playing on PC? Yeah, playing on PC, but with a Xbox controller. And did you do any research into porting save games? I know it is a possibility on some things. Yeah, there were some mods that were like, you can install this to try and port your save games across. But I thought, you know what, I'll just start fresh, work on achievements as well, and um, and go from there. Because it was either that or I had to buy... The standalone game and the two expansions to make them fit so mm. it was yeah i just decided to go ease of use and just um and just get the game of the year edition and start well, again the game's such a treat i mean replaying it is hardly a punishment uh, yeah so yeah yeah very good uh josh what did you get up to in your nerd week so i mean tying in a little bit to those uh one thing i didn't mention before uh, when we were discussing this was that i also finished a long long running game i've been playing mass effect andromeda which I know everyone panned, but I think they did. They I kind of, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of the series and I think it, it did okay. It's, it's probably not my favorite one, but <laughs> it is one of those like invest a million hours and get the kind of story payoff. So that was, that was a triumph. Um, and on the Rick and Morty that you mentioned, Charles, the, uh, there's the pocket Morty's game that they've got out on, I think Android and iOS. Uh, I think so. yeah. And it's basically Pokemon, but with with Mortys as your Pokemon, and that's quite funny. But it is also <laughs> very uh, very light on content. So yeah, I, I did play some Pocket Morty. Uh, it didn't hold me for long. No, uh, then neither did Magic Carp, and you invested a lot into that. So I feel like you have the patience for mobile games. I do, I do. And working in mobile games, I kind of, I've kind yeah. of gotten sunken into it a lot more than the average kind of person. So yeah, uh, I've done those things. And another cool thing that I did with some other friends was a sci-fi escape room that they had 
in I think Coburg uh, in Melbourne. Um, That's close. Are you not sure where it is because they put a black bag over your head <laughs> and then drove you there? So it was a real like escape life or death situation. <laughs> well, no. I mean, the thing is, I don't know the north very well, so I'm going to call it Coburg. Uh, but the other thing was, they didn't give the address until you had booked. It's kind of a slightly wow. secret oh. thing. It wasn't very hard to find. Google had all the, all the details already, <laughs> but I like the how, sentiment. How Melbourne. Nice. Yeah. And so, yeah, that was a kind of had a quick briefing and then go into led into this kind of quite homemade looking, but kind of lots of heart and charm version of a spaceship kind of engine room. Uh, and there was an AI that was running the show called Columbus. Uh, and yeah, the, the kind of a variant on a normal escape room where you kind of chatted to the AI and had to answer his questions and kind of get prompting and yeah, the puzzles were designed that way and it was quite good. Yeah. I think, I think I'd recommend that. So you didn't have to kill and eat your team. Like you made it out alive. Yeah, we did make it out alive. We're kind of, I think we're four from four in Melbourne at the moment. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Escape room champions. All right, escape room, step up your game. Josh is laying down the challenge. <laughs> That's it. That has to be a really hard one out there somewhere. they got to cool. throw down the gauntlet. Well, what we were talking about was maybe if there was uh, kind of varying degrees of success, like you could kind of get a score and then it would be more about, you know, yeah, everyone finishes, but certain people that are kind of really good at the puzzles or really good at being fast uh, can kind of piece together the extra things or collect the extra whatever. And well, so each, each one of them should have a unique badge and then you could get all eight <laughs> badges and then challenge the elite four. Right. Who are the, the elite, who are the best four person uh, escape room team? Really? Yeah. If everything had badges attached to it, it'd make it a lot more enjoyable. Like if there was a, I don't know, domestic government badge and you got a badge when you did your tax <laughs> and you got a badge when you updated your like, I don't know. Your enrollment Medicare details. details. Yeah. And oh, you have enrolled. That's the next badge. You voted. Slight tangent. The uh, China apparently has something fairly similar to that, which is kind of the, the good citizen game where oh, you kind wow. of, yeah, it's, it's very uh, kind of black mirror sounding in mm. then. Yeah, it kind of rewards you for being a good citizen. <laughs> the reward is your family not ending up in jail. But, you know, that's great too. That's really yeah. fun. Yeah. I mean, I say this and I haven't looked into it in too much detail, but it sounds <laughs> quite uh, quite full on and quite fascinating. I want to see the Australian version of that now. Like you get points for having Vegemite on your toast or, um, you know, saying really bizarre Ocker slang just in everyday conversation. I feel like we're now celebrating mediocrity, but <laughs> that's all right. That's my life. So why not? Yeah. Cool. But yeah, oh, overall. Good that's, nerding. That's yeah. uh, my nerd week too. Very good nerd week. Well done, nerd team. All right. So now we're going to go into some news. Oh, Charles didn't do the news oh, music News. Yes. So much better than Catherine. Oh, right. is there Josh is on every week from now on. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just for the news bit. <laughs> Good enough. We'll just okay. We'll just record that bit and have it repeat. So <laughs> <laughs> I can be a guest every week. Exactly. Yes. Uh, big big esports news for those of you who listen to the show right on the reg. You know that um, Dan, me, that's your esports boy. Um, there's a big esports tournament called the International Dota 2 Championships. Uh, it is the esports championship, you could say. 
That's right. It was a um, $24 million prize pool. Uh, and so the top team um, walked away with $10.8 million uh, US as their prize. Um, and the second team came, uh, got $3.9 million for second place. Uh, what's interesting about this is obviously it's a um, huge, huge event, big crowd, lots of people watching online. Um, but the, by all accounts, the game was a bit of a stomp. Like the, mm. the winning team won sort of 3 0, so it wasn't a super interesting game to watch for a lot of people. That's disappointing. Uh, what's more interesting, though, is that because they're trying to legitimize esports a lot more, they're trying to take pieces from regular sports competition and get these esport competitors to do that. Right, um, so how we've been talking about it, how there's that whole thing and they should get on board. Yeah, well, maybe some things they need to leave alone. So they got the team to try and open a bottle of champagne to kind of do the like spray a bottle of champagne in celebration thing. And they didn't have a practice first or? (laughs) I don't think they had a practice first because they couldn't get that, you know, the metal cage that goes around the the cork. They couldn't figure out how to get that off for a while. So everyone's just sort of waiting there. Amazing. See, unlike Italian sports car drivers, if you're, if you're an Italian sports car driver, you have often opened bottles of champagne and pulled them over women. That's that's a Tuesday for you. Uh, yeah. These nerds have never seen a bottle of champagne in their life, so that would be that would be difficult. I I, I can appreciate how challenging that would be. So, sure, yeah. surely you've seen it on TV. Oh, but they don't, on they TV don't normally with, open the uh, bottle of yeah. wine. On TV, right? Like, surely someone should have handed them a bottle of wine ready to go. Well, yeah. Pop that bad boy off. (laughs) So Um, the organizers obviously aren't very experienced in this kind of thing either. And they were trying something new and it backfired heinously. And they didn't do a shoey either. Like, a shoey probably would have been acceptable. (laughs) Oh, sweaty nerd feet. Look at that. That Grand Prix and all, you know, those Italian race car drivers. Although, to be fair, they get a brand new shoe. They would. Because they're probably sponsored by Nike or something and, uh, and do <laughs> yeah. that. And you have to pause at a certain angle for the cameras to get the Nike logo as you drink from it. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder, so, though, like being a, you know, sitting down, playing at a computer type sport, uh, I wonder if they wear shoes. You know, they, it's, <laughs> they definitely have matching T-shirts, but that's probably as far as we know. Well, they have yeah. to walk out of that big glass box on stage sure but do you reckon they kick their shoes off while they're playing because that's just what they're used to it I mean, would that's be more comfortable most, most of yeah. my games yeah i hate wearing shoes i avoid it at all possible maybe they have inside socks like my inside sock theory uh <laughs> very very reasonable or maybe ugg boots if it's if it's kind of cold although i think it's in in vegas so probably not <laughs> probably not <laughs> uh, so esports like you're getting there you're getting closer you're getting a lot of respect uh, but there's still just a couple of things a couple of things you need to work out the uh, the kinks in or stick in your lane that's an option <laughs> yeah I think um, they've, got, they've got lots to learn from the kind of mainstream sports media stuff because I mean they've been doing it for a long time and they've got I imagine most of the players have even like media coaching and all that sort of stuff so it seems like they probably need to take a lot of cues from the uh, from the people that have been doing it longer. Oh, absolutely. I think I think they are starting to get that kind of stuff, especially these teams, which you know are now winning millions of dollars uh, at a yearly tournament. Um, they're they're raking it in. Their sponsorships would be pretty solid for those teams like Team Liquid and stuff. Um, but yeah, I think maybe just the organizers of 
of these kind of competitions need to realize their audience and uh, I don't know, maybe try to create your own celebratory thing instead of just stealing something from somewhere else without thinking it through. <laughs> like throwing um, controllers into the crowd or something. Yeah, or, yeah, I mean, just yeah. Yeah, throwing boxed keyboards and just going like, you get a keyboard, you get a keyboard. His, this was the keyboard I won the game with, you know, yeah, like right. throwing that People out. People go nuts crowd. for that shit. Um, Bring, spraying each other down with pixels. Makes sense, yeah. right? Yeah. Or even just throwing out cards to free skins because all these games have, like, in-game purchases. So I assume you can just, like, frisbee stuff out into the crowd um, that way. Well, I know the um, League of Legends booth at PAX had that. They were they were just spewing free kind of skin cards and everything, like Tic Tacs. People were people were fighting for them and gouging at each other's eyes for their sweet yeah. skins. Yeah, it's yeah. perfect. So, yeah, that's uh, that's my news for the week. Pretty big news. Huge news. So annoying. Annoyingly, I had basically prepared news in the same same vein. It's kind of it's all anyone will talk about at work. Uh, mostly, I could look around the room and have maybe two out of three screens would have the international <laughs> running on the second monitor. Oh wow! There you go. Um, That's huge. Yeah, just I don't know. It's kind of the environment where we're allowed to do things like that. Hmm. Uh, but there was kind of there was a few little controversy points. Like they got. There was, there was a few people upset that Day9 was the kind of host, even mm. though he's not a he's traditionally a quite a long... faster, isn't he? Yeah, so he's not a long-term Dota 2 player. <sighs> and so kind of people were maybe a little bit upset that he had been... He'd taken over the spot from potentially someone that could have been a, you know, a Dota 2-specific celebrity, but... Like Toby guess, won Dota. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure, man. Yep. Yep. He's my favorite. Yeah, one of the, one of the ones there are um i don't claim to know any of them but uh yeah and i thought that was it was interesting that they basically went with who would be a solid kind of just media person that has the right cultural understanding but isn't necessarily a a super experienced dota 2 person so they sold out that's what you're saying so well, I think it was probably a good decision, really. Like, I mean, getting the person that, that has the best buzz and has maybe the best kind of presenting demeanor is probably the good call. Yeah, this but is yeah. Day Nine's a guy that went to move to South Korea and became like a professional. Um, uh, was it him, him and his brother, I think, are both sort of professional StarCraft 2 commentators and casters and have been in the esports industry and ch- champions of it for a long time, even so much as, yeah, moving overseas. Uh, I think as long as they know enough about the game, that's probably fine. They just need to also be a really good host and a really good entertainer, which is probably more important than knowing every single nitty gritty detail about the game. Yeah. And I mean, they have the extra, you know, they're not the only people presenting. So they've got probably hopefully the experience behind them. The color casters and the the rays and yeah. Or a separate room off to the side full of Dota people giving them cues to a microphone. I'd be happy with it though. (laughs) <laughs> that's what you want to see in your esports tournaments that you don't watch Charles. it is correct i want to hear about it though dan i want to hear about it yeah so and then i guess another kind of tiny riff on what's already happened in the show uh was the um looks like the olympics are picking up on the um running east what we're considering esports as a as a sport uh, so and people are kind real of real sport for real people yeah yeah, but, but then so, when I when I kind of looked into it, there's uh there's some weird stuff around, you know, early days of the Olympics, and for kind of the first like forty years or so, they had all sorts of kind of strange, 
uh, stuff around the arts. There was like poetry and architecture oh, wow. medals awarded and all this sort of stuff. So, That's strange. I mean, it's not in the modern, not in the super modern part of the Olympics, but it's not unprecedented. I just thought it would be kind of interesting that those those categories are not so much necessarily fully, uh, you know, physical athlete based, but still, yeah, considered. Well, yeah, it's, architecture can be a thing. The knee sports can definitely be a thing. That's the argument. That's what you get. <laughs> yeah, for. If, if slam poetry can be part of uh, the Olympics, <laughs> I think we can have esports. But uh, that goes to show you that stuff that is, um, we see the Olympics. Oh, okay, the, the Olympics, of course. Yeah, the ancient. It was the ancient Greeks, and of course they had their curling and their bobsledding and <laughs> uh, and their track and you know and all this kind of stuff. But really, like a lot of that stuff's really new. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so why not add new things? got to go with the trends i guess if you got to maintain well the olympics is having huge issues with money so you got to maintain relevancy and stay current with what people want to watch uh so that's what they're they're giving a shot and let's see if it works for them yeah hopefully not because i don't agree with professional sports but that's neither here nor there uh, except unless they're esports right unless they're esports i'm okay with that maybe I'm still, not, I'm still not sure yet. We'll see. We'll there see. still seems to be a lot of effort involved. <laughs> that's it. And the word sports. So that's my cop-out news for the week. Wonderful. Uh, well, we yeah. gave you very little preparation time, so that's very fair enough. Uh, <laughs> my news, it's not as exciting as Dota, but it's about sex robots. <laughs> uh, you have my attention. <laughs> right. So apparently there's a brothel uh, in Austria. Uh, there's a few in Austria. Austria seems to be the place. Um, oh, no. No, it first opened in Barcelona. Okay, Europe. Let's go Europe as a whole. Uh, although I imagine they're in Asia as well. We just don't hear about them. There's the sex robots uh, in brothels, and they're becoming really popular. In fact, there's one in Austria. This is where the Austria comes in, that the sex robot is now more popular than the human sex people, uh, which is amazing. Yes, the prostitutes, <laughs> that's what they're called. Uh, so it's crazy. And now they're trying to expand globally and soon we're going to have sex robots everywhere. And that's my news. I wonder why that would be the case. I mean, I, I suspect that the, the thing not having a personality that's kind of, a, you know, maybe takes away from if you're extramarital or anything like that it's like this isn't a, a person that i'm interacting with this is just a you know like a release i wonder if that's a, a factor justified a bit more i think too yeah. because you can do anything with it that becomes a factor or you can dress it up how you want or like it could be different nationalities i don't know it just a lot more customizable than a human did we get a breakdown on the price difference? Because is, is it really A-B testing? Is it apples to apples here? Because I, I think it's about half price. Okay. Oh, so that might be why it's more, it's, it's a, you know. Yeah, well, exactly. That's got to add to it. That's definitely got to be a factor. People, yeah. I, I think, yeah, a, the convenience, um, but also, I don't know if people are really that shy. If, if the price was the same, I, you'd assume people would be like, oh, no, like regular people. Yeah. I just want a human person. Um, is my flavor, but uh, I don't know. Robots, hey, is the future? That's maybe. Is it going to put? Is it going to put working people out of a job? Automation. <laughs> Automation. You know? It's affecting every workplace, including the brothels. Uh, the person who was being interviewed for the article did note that they do thoroughly clean them and disinfect them after each use, which they felt was very important to mention. So we can all rest easy. Uh, and good to know, just in case wonder, you're thinking of sex roboting. 
So I wonder if that ties into um, like the kind of VR being more and more common, popular, and accessible. In that, I mean, I guess if the if the hardware's there that can do what you need it to do, and you could augment that with literally any fantasy you can think of. Yeah, just later that, that would kind top. of yeah, whether, whether that would make a big difference. Definitely makes a big difference. That's the future. In fact, uh, I'm listening to Ready Player One audiobook at the moment, mm. um, and that's that's a thing that happens in the Ready Player One. So there you go. It's uh, the idea is out there. The idea of VR. Yeah, thanks, Charles. <laughs> no, specifically the sex robot with the VR overlay. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that has become a, a thing, especially with those 360 degree cameras. It's sort of like a poor man's way of shooting. VR content Mm. Um, and I think is it Pornhub ends up putting out one of those sites ends up putting out a data of what categories are becoming more and more popular or seeing the most growth each year and um, and VR or 360 degree um, porn is certainly on the rise just whether it's a novelty who knows Um, but yeah I guess almost every Every house probably has like a Google Cardboard or a, you know, a Gear VR, just one of those really simple ones you put your phone in now. So Do they? I, I don't think they do. Every house, no. Ten years, well, ten anyone, years VR will be. Anyone a with, a, with a new smartphone in the last 12 months will, would probably have one. I think they just give those Possibly. things away for free. Yeah, right. Well, uh, so I'm looking at a new phone and the Samsung 8 has a VR kind of thingy and it. you can get a, a head attachment thing for it quite cheap. So it's a real possibility. Uh, You'll have to... Uh, Watch some porn and report back to Game Club Nights. <laughs> maybe that's it. Maybe I'll make a video of myself and we can all watch it together. Come on board. <laughs> Chris. Dan's in. Dan's in. <laughs> Excellent. All right. All right. Uh, and that's the news. This is what happens when we don't have any girls on the podcast. Um, <laughs> we don't talk bad. about robot Roombas and vibrators. We talk about robot sex robots. Uh, Got to give the people what they want. Yeah. All right. Speaking of uh, space age future tech, let's get into this week's game club game, uh, FTL. So FTL came out uh, in September of 2012. Uh, it's a spaceship simulation roguelite, roguelike. I never really know the difference between those two terms. I know some people take those terms very seriously. Um, but essentially, uh, as Josh said at the top of the show, you control a spaceship and sort of the crew in that spaceship, you've got this top-down view and your goal is to get the secret super secret plans away from the rebellion uh, and their massive fleet and you've got to get it back to the last fleet of the federation i think yeah you're the federation and the rebellion are the evil guys yeah although the rebellion seems to have a much bigger fleet than you so yeah i think they're encroaching on your space and right. they're kind of they're coming and you're trying to get back to your big fleet so any, um, anyway, yeah. uh, similarly to a previous episode of ours, uh, Sunless Sea, your ship has a certain amount of fuel and certain amount of ammo and things like that you have to manage and you can purchase upgrades and unlocks or, or discover them through um, destroying other ships and, uh, and, and making certain dialogue choices and whatnot as you try and get to Sector 8, I think, is the last one and then you have a big boss battle and... Uh, how'd you guys how'd you guys go with this game? Uh, Josh, we'll start with you. 
Sure. Uh, well, I mean, I played it for a bit uh, a while ago, kind of more towards when it came out, uh, and then picked it up again, you know, yesterday when we were talking about the podcast. <laughs> so I've kind of got an old opinion and a new opinion. Um, and I definitely didn't well i'm only i'm assuming that you guys kind of got a bit deeper into it than i did but it's it's really that kind of there's the frustration of of oh i feel like the game just did me out like lucked me out of success here mm-hmm. um like just kind of that that bad luck thing happening mixed with that's okay because i can just go again uh so yeah like it's it's definitely a great game and it's definitely like super super kind of polished and clean in that all the interactions are like really easy to pick up. I picked it up yesterday and kind of understood everything immediately without any tutorials or anything. So yeah, it's definitely, I guess, kind of the the most full featured of the dialogue choice style game that I've played, at least in a while. Yeah, it did have a lot uh, of interesting parts where you'd have a dialogue choice, but then it'd give you extra dialogue choices if you had a certain thing installed or if you had a certain kind of creature on your ship. Then there would, were little would, like uh, bloodlines from way back when. Vampire uh, bloodlines? Yeah. Yeah, something like that or like some of those Fallout games. Hmm, um, yeah. Similar to those where I was like, oh, you've got a med bay on your ship and it's level two. Yeah, you now have access to this option. And had you played through it without a level two med bay, you wouldn't even see that option. Yeah, correct. Um, it's an and, adventure. Going on to what, what Josh was saying, the the game is quite difficult, and I think a lot of people enjoy that about these kind of games. Uh, I have beaten the game on easy, couldn't beat it on normal, didn't even try hard. <laughs> yeah, so I played on normal to start with, and I think I made it. I didn't even make it out of the first sector because it was the first time I'd picked it up for ages, and I'm like, okay, we'll just we'll dial it back down to easy. So then I got to the end, which is exciting. I think at least the second time I got in there uh, and I got to the boss and the boss just wiped me, absolutely wiped me because I guess I wasn't going in with a, with a deep strategy or a way to combat it. But um, what it does do, even though it's quite harsh and, and quite a difficult game, is that it is really replayable. Um, so you certainly have no issues with with starting up another ship and another crew and, and having another shot, especially because it unlocks ships uh, as you play, which is very exciting. Although I think to unlock the third ship, you do need to beat the boss. So that may get awkward if I can never do that and embarrassing, <laughs> but maybe one day. Yeah, I mean, I found that one thing that was really beneficial was kind of using the encroaching rebellion wave as the well that's that's how long i have in this sector so i can kind of cover more planets than than the bare minimum and then you end up with a lot more shit and that really helped kind of get pushed through a few i think i got to sector five um so yeah that was it's kind of a you realize the strategy halfway through that like oh i just i'm getting to these hard enemies and i don't have any things Mm. Yeah, you really need to, it's the competing tension. So you want to spend as much time in a sector as possible to get as many goodies, uh, essentially, because when you destroy a ship, uh, you get components or scrap, whatever they call it, Mm. um, supplies, uh, you get more of it when you destroy ships. And I found out you get even more of it uh, if you actually kill all the people on a ship without destroying their ship, because you can then take what you want and take your time. Um, Yeah, so for my next playthrough, I'm actually going to focus around teleporting into opponent's ships and killing all the people so I can get max scrap and then get max good weapons. Um, yeah. That's, that's my plan. I discovered that strategy as well. Um, just having a look at my 
played here on Steam. It's 125 hours. That is decent. Uh, <laughs> For, and, yeah. and this is like, what, a $10 game? And you've sunk that long into it. It just shows oh, yeah. how replayable it is. And it's, it's one of those games, as Josh said, like you'll, you'll be playing, you'll be playing, and you get pretty far, and you're like, oh, I'm on a really good run. And then you kind of either get cornered or you've been playing too bold with your, oh, I'm going to hit some more areas and get some more scrap. Get and greedy. then you run out of fuel or you get, you know, and you, you start having to make decisions that aren't favorable because <laughs> you're like, oh, crap, I've got to get to this store. I've got to buy fuel and so on. Um, but, yeah, I, I discovered that if you send your units to the other ship or teleport to the other ship, kill all the crew, um, yeah, you can take your time and get more scrap that way, which is great. But if you go too hard down that path, some ships get really tough to beat, like the automated ones that don't have a crew. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, so it, it can it is still balanced in that way. Um, so you still need to have other solutions, and uh, and and also you kind of want a diverse crew, right? Like the mantis creatures, the bug creatures, really good at fighting, so they're the ones you want to send across. Yep. But you'll still need maybe an NG to repair or a human because they're kind of all-rounded or, or a little energy dudes energy yeah dudes are the best. those are my favorite yeah yeah are they the ones Sick. that suck the energy uh they the, power the room that they're in oh they power the room they're in okay i'm thinking of um there's another one the crystal guys who might only be in the expansion Ooh. they suck all the oxygen out of the room that they're in yeah right and they don't and they don't suffocate so you can send them over to enemy rooms and they'll uh, suck oxygen out of the room that they're in to help you sort of deal with enemies that's very cool mm. little strategies and that comes into what I think is the best thing about this game is that for something that's so it, it's small but polished uh, I, I certainly when I say small I don't mean that it's a bad thing but it's very limited in its design which is great because they've done that on purpose but the, it's clean. the yeah it's clean the, the flexibility you have with different strategies and different tactics in every different playthrough is huge for such a small game that seems very simple from the outset. There's a lot of different ways to play it, which I think is super impressive. Uh, so, yeah, that's what I think is most good about FTL. Did you guys have a favorite um, ship to play as or a, a favorite sort of if you saw a type of crew member or type of laser or something, you're like, oh, I have to have that? Or is it more just I'll get what I can get? I got stuck into the ion thing after I noticed that it like what it did. Uh, in that you could just turn things off. and That, that sounds convenient. Yeah, it was really, really helpful. And I think the second ship, the Taurus, the circle one, um, mm -hmm. comes with that by default. That's its kind of primary thing. And so you just end up turning things off while your little droid things fly around and blow shit up. And that was... <sighs> It was quite rewarding and, and it felt like it felt good, like you're kind of being efficient and killing the killing the baddies good. But <laughs> I seem to never get very far with that. So yeah, I wonder yeah. how the wonder how the I, balance lines up with I tried the ion and I actually was the exact opposite. So I, I did like three encounters with my iron kind of and I'm like, this thing's trash. I'm I'm done. I'm done with iron. But were you using your droid? Not your well. Drone? Because the thing is that the ion doesn't actually do hull damage, so yeah, you're just exactly. going to lose. Yeah, I was using the droid, but I couldn't get past the shield. I probably wasn't timing it right. I guess the, there's skill to it as well, not just with like what weapons you've got, but you have to time the weapons and use them at different moments and yeah. whether the shield's up or not and target different rooms. There's, uh, there's kind of a skill to every encounter, uh, and they can vary depending on what ship you're facing. Uh, but there you go. My, uh, my favorite was the flak cannon. 
Oh yeah, that just sends like a, a bunch of debris seven, at them. Yeah, it's like seven shots at once and just utterly overwhelms them in one. That was pretty cool, but it takes like 20 seconds to charge up. So all the different weapons have different charge times, which once again comes into uh, into your different strategies. So that was pretty rad. Uh, but I liked drones as well. I thought drones were pretty nifty. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of drones because I like yeah. being more in control yep. of when my shots are going to go off. So if you have like a laser drone, it's not getting through the shields and if you break down the shields it might not fire straight away because it's mm. on a sort of it's on a cycle yeah um it's one of those ones where you when you see it being effective on you you kind of realize how to do it yeah when you get one for yourself yep uh but yeah the laser one i, I kind of agree like you see it flying around your own ship doing nothing and you're like okay well i'm not gonna buy myself one of those mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, um, so when I played this on the PC years and years ago, I think it came out in like, what, 2011 or something? 2012. There you go. So a long time ago. So when I first played it, I actually downloaded a, a cheat thing for it to my everlasting shame uh, to unlock all of the ships because I wanted to try them all and I sucked. So I was never going to unlock them. Uh, and I found a ship that was kind of like there's a stealth one, uh, yep. which I thought was super nifty. So that was my favorite ship from way back when. And there's a dream that one day I unlock it but I don't think I will. So See, I, I think, have fun memories. I think I've unlocked that ship. The The problem with it is it doesn't have any, sh it doesn't start with any shields. Uh, that's because shields are weak then. So it's, you have to time the cloaking <laughs> and Epic. then it, it cloaks for a period of time where you're untargetable and then you are kind of out in the open again. Yeah. Um, good. So you really got to hope that you've destroyed them in that time. <laughs> uh, but I mean, a lot of this game comes down to power management, right? Like you can, you're not just buying different lasers. Often you'll just have the ones you start with mm. and potentially any you come across while salvaging. But your main upgrade comes from buying more power potential for your ship or buying more... And for your um, systems. Yeah. And for your systems, exactly. So making your doors sturdier. So if they board you, they're not going to get through as fast or fire's not going to spread as quickly. Uh, and I found that was a, another layer of, of strategery. It's actually the thing I found... It's the thing I found frustrating was that, you know, all I wanted at the beginning was more power and they very rarely sell you that. Uh, it's kind you of can, like the ones that I wait, got tend wait, to wait, be rewards wait, wait. and stuff. You know, you know, you can upgrade your own power at any time, right? No. Holy shit. Yeah, so his mind. If you're not in combat, you can just go to ship <laughs> yeah. and you can add <laughs> power to your reactor. Now I know why you are finding this game so hard. And it is. And you can and you can increase your system's strength, hey, hey. which then obviously requires more power as well. Um, wow! So, so it turns out I was just fluking any success that I got. <laughs> That's good to know. Your plan yeah. was quite the handicap. Because <laughs> in some ships, you start off with not enough power to run. You know, you might start off with three guns, but you can only you only have enough power to run two of them at a time. Yeah, I almost always turned off my med bay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. So that's like that's a thing. Okay. So there's obviously not a deep tutorial uh, for the game, and this is obviously a little bit of a failing. I've uh, I remember yeah, you guys know a mate of mine, Jones, listener of the show. Uh, I think we've talked. We've given him shit before. So now to give him some more shit. We were playing some World of Warcraft, and he'd never really played an MMO before. Uh, he was new to them. He was new to being a nerd, and it was very exciting. And we were like level 10 in World of Warcraft, and we joined up, and we we're just starting, and it was all adorable. And I looked at his warrior, uh, and I noticed he's just hacking and slashing. I'm like, mate, use use some of your abilities. And he's like, use what? <laughs> and I'm like, y y your abilities you got from leveling up. He's like, I don't know what that means. 
<laughs> and this this is that moment. This is that moment for you, Josh. Yeah. And you should know better. Did you? I, I think I should play know the better. tutorial, or did you not? Because you'd played it years ago, or yeah. I mean, honestly, I probably knew this last time mm. uh, years ago, and this time was all hubris. Jump back in without any tutorial. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, that's nice to know. Maybe I'll get back into it again after we finish recording. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe while we're still recording, you can just hear in the background. Ding! Ding! Uh, speaking of the music, uh, what, mm. did you, what did you guys think of the music and the sounds in this game? I thought it was that's very great. calming a lot of the time. Yeah. Just yeah. I mean, that, I, th- I think it's, it kind of, it has the, the drama in the right spots, which mm. is, I mean, ultimately what you need from a video game soundtrack. I don't know how to explain it. It's electro synth. Let's go with that with my utter misunderstanding of music terms. Um, but it's very tranquil uh, and it kind of matches the, the tranquility of space when you're out of combat. And then when you get in, it's all, it's all dramatic and dun, 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 there's lasers and, and sounds. Uh, was, that, was that a sound from the game? I think that was someone's FTL drive spinning up. Oh, cool. Or a train going past my house. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Could be either. Who knows? I don't know. We live in the future. Um, so yeah, part, a lot of the game is you're saving up to buy scrap. Uh, so, uh, you know, Josh, next time you play, you can upgrade your systems. Uh, your, cause there's the, I was waiting for stores. <laughs> yeah. Um, cause you can upgrade your sensors so you can see where enemies are on the ship, um, on the enemy ship. So you can sort of target them better. All those slugs do the slug units do provide that kind of look as well. Um, Doors, as we mentioned, let you barricade against fire, uh, let you prevent boarders from breaking through your rooms as quickly. Also, so you can sort of vent. One of the best things is you can vent parts of your ship into I do space. Like venting. I'm a big yeah. venting fan. Uh, if someone boards you or if someone creates a fire on your ship, you can just sort of vent those areas out. Yeah, um, I remember discovering that strategy and just being like, I am the most clever person that has ever existed. <laughs> you saw yeah. it in that Simpsons episode where they vent all the ants out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, I also saw it where Catherine put you in the airlock and vented you out into space. That's right. I thought we didn't talk about that anymore. <laughs> I like to bring it up Podcast at least once every over. second episode. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> well, um... If you want to prevent us from getting vented into space, oh, uh, you could go to <laughs> patreon.com slash NFG live and help support the show. Will we, we get might vented be if they to, don't? Is that a thing? Well, we might be able to, with, with your donation, uh, you know, one, two, three, five dollars, we could uh, upgrade our systems oh. and make sure our uh, airlocks don't vent us into space uh, in opportune moments. exactly yeah maybe upgrade uh, our shields now i'm not going to be able to sleep i hope you're happy <laughs> so head on over to patreon.com slash nfg live and uh support the game club podcast um nice just slipped it in yeah yeah, yeah. if you if you if you got this deep into the episode uh <laughs> you're hopefully enjoying it so um or you hate just, yourself all, all we ask is that you consider it, honestly consider it, um, <laughs> given that support, and we'll get back to the show. How about that? That sounds like a fair deal. Sounds like a good deal. Do we want to talk about things we would like to have improved with the game? Anything we would change? All right, Mr. Game game Developer Designer yeah. Guy. Now's your oh. time to shine. Well, it's interesting because I, like, I really have a different game design mindset now working in free-to-play. Um, and it's, it's, it's really interesting like <laughs> going back and trying to think of like, oh, what would it be like if I was still making games that are 
supposed to be fun. Or well, I can't say that on, in public. <laughs> oh, geez, um, oh, geez. Uh, I can just imagine you like you get to the store and it's like missile launcher for twenty five scrap. You like morons. They could have charged people two dollars for this. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Um, which is I don't know. Like it's across the whole across the whole kind of spectrum of my career. It's been coming to understand how to do that. You know that gamification and monetization stuff without it being shit gameplay. Uh, but yeah, a lot of my thoughts that kind of immediately instinctively happen are around kind of, ah, oh, but how would we do this if this was a mobile game? And yeah, it's kind of nice to, to, to turn it around and be like, Oh, actually like that, you know, that fuel, uh, buying extra fuel for instance is quite cheap. Uh, and that really just facilitates kind of, it encourages that how to, how to cover the the one sector before having to jump to the next sector. And you, you kind of realize that you can buy enough fuel to do that mm. without it being a big problem. Um, whereas I think that'd be like a, that's a standard pinch point that you would look at, look at squeezing people for as it were. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like the, the, the rebel ships coming after you. And so you've only got X or you've only got X amount of jumps before you have to wait a period of time before you can do more jumps uh, yeah. or you can refer a friend and that'll get you more jumps yeah so if, you, if you share it on facebook that's where you get your jumps i don't know if referring a friend really happens all that much anymore but there's oh, definitely yeah. watching watch an ad to do it which is i know my i know my one. stepmother does it every now and again on facebook yeah, and yeah. I, I don't know cool that. enough to get rid of it yet but don't know that works yeah <laughs> <laughs> it does not i have never played candy crush when she wanted me to I'm my own person. I have my own mind. Is that why you have two Facebook accounts so that she can send it to your other Facebook account? <laughs> Maybe that's why I did it. Oh no, it's out. My secret's <laughs> out. I found out. Well, actually, I, it's against the rules to have two Facebook accounts. You're not meant to do it, and I don't really know how to access my old one anymore. So I'm just going to leave it and see what happens. Yeah. Hmm. Whoops. Uh, what about you, Dan? Anything? Anything you'd improve? Uh, apart from, well, I'd like to say make it easier, but that's not really the point. Of right, this game. I was thinking that, and I'm like, that's a cop out. Having, yeah, having said that though, it is just that we're, despite having sunk 125 hours into it, <laughs> uh, I still haven't beat the game on normal. I still, I have unlocked Amazing. a bunch of the ships. Yep. And I've come very close, and I've seen other people play. I watched, you know, Twitches and whatnot. Um, play this game heaps and you're like oh okay i understand a lot of the the fundamental theory behind it but there are some times where you are on a roll and you're like yeah i've gotten all this cool stuff i've got the teleporter i've got this i got that and you get to that final boss fight against the big uh, rebellion ship which is a tough fight it's a hard fight and And easy the closest Hmm. i got in normal was i died at the same time as the rebellion ship and i failed did you table flip Almost, yeah. My table wasn't sort of bolted into the floor. I would have. I definitely tried. I flexed, but that's about as far as I got. And then realized that I'm weak uh, and I have to go back to easy. <laughs> yep. Uh, wow, that's that's rough. Um, I would also love it to be a little easier because I just want to unlock more cool ships and do cool things. Something that uh, that I'd like to see in it is you kind of make ethical choices. So you'll come to a ship and or a a system i guess or whatever you want to call it an instance and there's a ship there saying help you know we've run out of fuel um we're stranded if you can come and help us we'll you know that'd be great and then if you do they reward you or maybe you go and they're just pirates and they're they're ambushing you uh it'd be great if there was some kind of ethical 
uh, consideration to it. So if you don't give them food, I guess there's there's no penalty. Nothing bad happens. But I guess that's real life too. So I guess it's one choices. it's one thing that I yeah. thought of actually like adding the kind of the idea of persistence, like having mm. things that carry through themes that carry through people that you bump into again or races that you can kind of it's like oh you helped our guys back in the thing yeah. and there were a little yes. bit of that with the quests there were quests so yeah so every now and again like you'd get a quest and it would be super random and they're very rare um but every now and again yeah yeah you'd get that quest and it'd be that continuation of narrative that would last for i don't know two sectors or something more than one instance but yeah a bit more of that would be would be awesome and if you could i don't know if you were really mean to the mantis people or whatever they, they then held a grudge and that kind of stuff so that'd be yeah. rad but once could, again it's a neat little package so you can only expect so much from it i guess yeah i guess you could kind of you know you could get early rewards and shoot yourself in the foot later and vice versa that kind of you know, risk reward is always a good idea to add to a game. Yep. As almost, the, almost always. The ran, almost always. As opposed to the randomness, I think, which uh, which surrounds a lot of this game. Yeah, there um, were a couple of times where I got the quest for the crystal. I got the quest to unlock the crystal ship where you got to take a crystal egg somewhere or something. Yeah. But then I think I chose the path that then didn't have that or I just never ran into that. Mm, where yep. i was meant to take it like uh so it is that randomness and it, it is annoying but like josh said earlier it it is very much a game where you die and then you're like okay yeah i'm gonna start again because i'm watching something or um i'm doing something at the same time and it's very easy to just okay yep start again okay i'm back in it now i'm oh, i'm gonna try the rock ship this time mm, yep and i did find kind of supplementary to that is is the uh, I felt like it was quite story light. Like, I mean, yeah, sure. playing, especially playing it again. So I don't know what I missed in the in a, any intros or anything. But this being chased by the rebellion, getting kind of some intel away from the something, it didn't didn't really contribute very much at all. Um, and I didn't get a sense like a lot of these kind of space opera shows, uh, not well shows and games, I guess, like the Mass Effects, that you really get a sense of what the races are and how they how their personalities work and how their culture works uh, and even just the different factions. And this didn't really give much of that at all. Yeah, yeah. there yeah, is there, but you have to come across it piecemeal and over many, many plates. Right. Uh, like you find out that the Mantis people, there was, you kind of learned that there might've been some kind of war previously with them. And a lot of the time, if you come up against one, you know, sometimes you can just be like, oh, we'll just ignore them or we'll try and talk to them. But almost always, if it's a Mantis ship, they will try and kill you. Um, or if you have slugs on your ship, sometimes you have an option to just mind control someone and hmm. get through a security checkpoint. Um, so I think, yeah, there there is certainly some of it there, but um, you have to scratch deeper and you can't even intentionally do that because it's so random what events you're going to get. Mm. Maybe it's just a soak in it mm. thing. Yeah. Just bathe in that um, space juice. <laughs> that space spa juice. story. Yeah. yeah. Make your own story. Why, why cool. not? Amazing. So, yeah, overall, I would definitely recommend this game since I've sunk 125 hours into it. <laughs> You'd really hope so. That'd be really sad if you didn't. Did you end up playing this on iPad, Charles? Because I know you were considering it. Then. I certainly did. So uh, I've now gone deep into the world of iPads uh, and I'm iPadding everything I can. Uh, and yeah, I played on the iPad and it was great. Uh, I really enjoyed the touch mechanics to it because once again, I just, I get 
more it's more visceral i suppose uh i feel a lot more interactive with my little ship systems and whatnot when you're touching them it's almost like being in a cockpit and touching the buttons and touching your people and sending them around places uh so that was great so i'd recommend it on ipad for sure although i couldn't i don't think you can do the cheat where you get all the ships on the ipad so that into account <laughs> uh talk um, to the russians they they, yeah, they, they have right? cut open almost every game yeah, so true. Uh, and, and I really enjoyed it. So I would certainly recommend this game. Uh, as roguelikes go, I think it's one of the best ones out there. Um, and as a really polished, really polished, uh, sharp indie title, uh, I would I would say that everyone who enjoys indie games should play this. So that's my thoughts. Cool. Josh. How about you, Josh? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I remember liking it at the time and I don't really know why I stopped playing, but after just kind of rekindling my interest yesterday and today, I think I'll keep going. So that's, that's an endorsement. And yeah. especially now that I've finished up my other space game, I can, uh, I can sink into it a bit more. Cause you can only have one space game at a time. I mean, you know, you don't want to yeah. over space. No, no, that'd be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be horrible. All right. Well, let's head on into our next segment, which is game recommendations. I have good preparation for this one though. Excellent. Okay, I have, yeah, I have start, terrible, terrible preparation. All right, we'll start off with Josh and hope we run out of time before we get to chop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's a couple of mobile games that are quite good. Um, there's one called Out There, uh, which is basically, it's quite similar in, in structure, except that you don't have combat. So it's a lot more, there's kind of just touching on dialogue moments and, and making, making it, a choice either way um but it has a lot more of that you know each choice probably has a an up and a downside and you kind of it, it does have a lot more of that kind of moral flow um through, through it uh, and great. it also has an interesting kind of mechanic where you interact with aliens like you land on a planet and you can't understand them they're just talking gibberish and you can kind of try and do an interaction and try and give them a gift or whatever it is and usually what you come out with is one or two words of their language translated for you for the rest of the of, of your journey uh and so then later on you you bump into them again and it's like we need we need fuel and you're like ah oh, oh cool i'll give you fuel and then you're friends and, oh, and the nice. first time you, yeah. you bumped into them you would never have you know yeah. you'd never have known that so it's like the mechanic that no man's guy had but actually good and not a <laughs> heaping piece of shit sounds <laughs> wonderful cool yeah so that's called yeah. out there out there. out there amiga edition is the new one it's uh yeah. it seems like a buffed version mm-hmm. um and then kind of sort of similar uh, another mobile game called lifeline where it's basically you're a uh, you get a you get contacted by this person who has kind of woken up in stasis and they like in real time they will send kind of hey help i, I need to do, do this thing um but i don't i don't know which button to press do you do you have any you know do you have any idea on how to how to do it and you go yeah and then you wait four hours and come back <laughs> so it's kind of That's like what i like it, out of my game so it's kind well, of like the martian where he had to yeah send, send the messages back and forth and it's more like you're kind of having you like you've got a pen pal uh, oh, okay who's oh, in okay, space that's awesome um and yeah like you eventually there's this yeah this character called taylor and you're just trying to help he she survive 
So they've used the uh, the whole time delay mechanism of mobile games, but actually made it a part of the story instead of an infuriating device like Clash of Clans. Yep. Yep. Wow. Good for them. Yeah, that's really clever. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of kind of a little neat little neat thing. Um, that was Lifeline, was it? Yeah, Lifeline. So I think that that's mobile as well. Um, yeah. Well, then, um, we'll have to chuck links to those. That that sounds really cool. Um, and then just a little quick extra one. Yeah, we'll is, go. This is um, my one. This counts as my one. Okay. Uh, so the thing that um, Charles told me about one time uh, is a game called uh, Defect or Defect, which is made in Melbourne. Um, and basically you piece together your ship. It's like a constructor and then you fly it around and do kind of sort of similar like space stuff, moving from sector to sector, doing battles. Uh, but you've really controlled like where the engines are and how powerful they are and where the guns are and all that sort of stuff. Mm. And after a while, after a certain amount of success, your crew will mutiny because you know, you're, you're in rolling the high life now and that ship ah. just becomes an enemy in the system. Did we see this at PAX? Was this one of the games at PAX that I played very briefly? It's been around uh, for a while. Like like a lot of indies, it's kind of taken a a bit of developing to get here. Yep. Uh, But I think it was like a couple years ago. It was PAX Rising maybe? Maybe. Yeah. And yeah, so... Maybe not. Could be a completely different game. Basically, you you build a defect into your own ships so that you know how to beat them when you come up against them. Oh, that's clever. Um, So after they have defected... You find the defect and you blow it up. Oh, it's on so many levels. Yep, genius. So that's genius. a good one as well. Good okay. one, Charles. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at my game that I suggested that Josh expanded on in Steam now. And one of the examples of the ships that a guy's built is like a little Death Star. And it's got a big gap in the middle where you can put a missile straight into its core. <laughs> yeah. Which, which looks wonderful. So that's there you perfect. go. Wonderful. All right. Uh, all right. For the final game recommendation, uh, it's one that is very, very different in terms of um, gameplay. So obviously, um, FTL, you play top down, you click. It's very mobile friendly. Game I want to recommend though is one that we played for a little while and had a great amount of fun with uh, Pulsar: The Lost Colony. Yeah, we need to play more of that. It's um, got potential. It was in beta when we played it, so it's very early days, but you and three friends are the crew of a ship and it's very much like the sort of Star Trek-esque kind of thing where you one of you is assigned as the pilot, one of you is the engineer. Actually, I think you could have five people. So you got your captain, pilot, engineer, science officer, and uh, your gunner. Yeah. What's, the, what's the platform? Um, it's on PC. Steam. It's on okay. didn't, PC. We, didn't we make mm-hmm. you download this? Maybe we never got there. Uh, I know we played it with Catherine and, and Emma. Catherine. And possibly yeah. Ash. Um, and maybe, maybe yeah, so the captain can sit in his like swively captain chair and they're the one that can make decisions. But it's up to your science officer to open the comm uh, and your pilot does the piloting and your gunner guy's better at being on turrets. And then occasionally, and you jump from sort of system to system like you do in, in uh, FTL. And occasionally you'll run into enemies and... You might have dialogue with them that comes up on the, you know, on the vid screen, kind of like in Star Trek. In the ship, it's pretty rad. Yeah, it's in the ship, so it's <laughs> it's, it's first person, mm. uh, and occasionally you um, you'll be on a planet. You'll be you'll come up. There'll be a planet there, and you can all choose to teleport down. So you go to the teleport area, you teleport down to the ship. You get your science officer officer to scan the ship first. So do we need hazmat suits? Yeah. Uh, and then you go down and you shoot. You know, there might be spiders, or there might be a quest down there, or whatever. 
uh, it was still early days, so there was um, some of the content sort of repeated a, a fair few times. But if they've added to it since then, um, and you've got some friends who to, who you'd want to play with, definitely worth uh, worth dropping a bit of money on. We and, might need to uh, look at it as a as a game that we actually podcast in a little bit. Yeah, mm. uh, I think I think rad. it'd be great, yeah. especially like uh, maybe even if we record a session, just because you end up saying, you know, you, you do all those Star Trek things that the Star Trek VR is is sort of promoting now, where you're like, all right, engineer, I need, and you know, you, you're in the bridge, but then you're like, oh, I need you to get to the reactor core and and change yeah. the levels, you know, you more can, power you can to the shut shields. Shut it all down, and, and it's yeah, it's pretty yeah, great. we need to run dark or whatever, like you, yeah. um, little things like that. Uh, really really cool so um very much like ftl where you've got your crew and you tell them where to be and and whatnot i think we've got josh's attention so i think we'll be playing that with josh in the near future mm. <laughs> i am keen maybe just replace Catherine from our crew <laughs> yeah she wasn't the best crew but the, i mean there's room for more but maybe we'll replace her with josh anyway <laughs> i do feel like she airlocks people willy-nilly <laughs> she that's, does that's true yeah i don't think it was an airlock she was pretty devastated about it for me. <laughs> all right well um so uh we're gonna head on into the final uh part of the podcast <gasps> Which is the quiz. It's the quiz. Oh, shit. Yes. Quiz. I forgot that there was a quiz. Oh, There's I'm a so quiz. Now. Surprise quiz. So uh, I've come up with a bunch of uh, a list of aliens and you have to name the game that they're from. Well, that sounds wonderful. Um, and so we've got a couple, couple here and... Uh, Josh, you um, just, it's whoever, whoever can call it out first, I guess. And it's whoever I hear first. Cool. Um, so I'm going to say the name of the alien and a bit about them, but you can sort of jump in at any time. Yep. Yep. All right. Necromorphs are mutated and reanimated Animals. corpses. Reshaped oh, uh, into Dead horrific- Space? Yeah, Dead Space. Ah, oh, First one for Josh. One time's point. <laughs> Okay, okay. Back in the game. Uh, each, the game. Now each, each one's worth three points. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> All right. Uh, question number two. The Zerg Swarm is a terrifying and Starcraft. ruthless... Oh, Starcraft. Oh, well Josh, Josh again. Well played. <laughs> oh, I like right. quizzes. I, I like quizzes too. Six <laughs> points to Josh, zero to Charles. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Known for their militaristic and disciplined culture, the Turians were the third Mass race effect. to join. Oh, yep. yep. Okay. Well, that's unfair. He's been playing Mass Effect. You know, I hate the Mass Effect series. Nope, that's fine. That's fine. Well, there's still a chance for me to come back. Maybe. I hope. Because right. cool. you just need to do that thing where the last round is worth a million. Yeah. Yeah. That won't cheapen it at all. Uh, the Chozo were an what? ancient and highly advanced race of sage-like avian sentients that inhabited several planets in the cosmos. I don't know, Star Trek. The Chozo. <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, I'll give you a hint. Oh, Doctor Who? No, it's a video, it, it, it's a video game series. video game thing. Oh, it's video it game. It's a video game series. Oh, okay. Um, well, that would have helped to know at the start. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, an avian race. Uh, the main character in the game has has some chozo dna um i think it's just better if we move on dan and is a vibe i'm getting is a bounty hunter oh Uh, Oh, is it metro prime it is metroid yes nice yes points for charles 
Is that one worth nine points? <laughs> <laughs> I'd say it's worth two points. <laughs> oh, I'll take I'll, it. I'll give I'm you desperate. Three no, no, we'll give you three points. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. Lunatone and Soul Rock are said to have come from space and to draw their power from lunar and solar rays, respectively. Oh, jeez. Pokemon? It is Pokemon. Oh, ah. my goodness. What? I, I thought you would ask. I didn't know the question was finished. Damn it. You don't, have, both to wait, known... you don't have to wait. That's right. <laughs> How do you like them apples? Yes, that's fine. That's fine. They are both yep. known Go. as meteorite Pokemon. Ah, what a boss. I'm getting the hard ones, just saying. <laughs> so it's. Uh, yeah, you got Zerg. Good job, Josh. Josh is on nine. Charles I got it is on six. <laughs> Speed isn't always what counts. All right, here we go. Here we go. All right. Um. The Drenai are a faction oh, um, of... Oh, <laughs> that was me. That was me. That was 100% me. <laughs> Not that I care much. I don't know. Whatever. All right. Who's um, Charles? Oh, we, got, we, got a bonus, we got a bonus question here that we go. you're probably not going to be able to get. I think it's But it's decider. worth a million points. Yep. Here we go. <laughs> uh, and then if that fails to t- break the tie, I do have a, another one. I oh, thank good. Uh the 1997 movie Event Horizon may be a prequel to which space set gaming franchise? Oh, um, Half Life? No. Is it System Shock? No. Um, oh, Event Horizon. I'm picturing it. Doom? It, t- it turns out Quake. in Event Horizon, <laughs> the hyperdrive took its crew into a cosmic horror dimension that killed them all and then they came back changed by the experience dead space oh no it wouldn't do one that's already been done surely that'd be crazy space games where they're changed no I got nothing it may be an unintentional prequel to Warhammer 40k oh I have seen that theory before (laughs) that's not a computer game Dan you had me on a you had me on a line gaming franchise anyway alright okay for the last um, last to decide it's a it's a peasant theory by the way real <laughs> real 40k gamers don't think that it's it's a bit All of a right. joke but you know whatever that's fine um, we're going to go back and forth and you're going to have to it's, it's kind of like categories you're going to have to name me a race from the FTL game um, oh. and we're going to go back and forth until one of you can't <laughs> get them okay yep uh, humans <laughs> so Charles with humans Mantis yep NG Yep. Uh, uh, crystal. <laughs> crystal is one. <laughs> Slug. Guys. Slug is one. Whoa. Oh shit. Um. Oh, I think the, the, the glowy one. The glowy one. Uh, <laughs> Corablob. Charles. The rock people. Oh, yeah, I'll give you Rockman. Yes! <laughs> so Charles comes ahead with uh, with one extra one on that. Uh, what was the glowy people called? Uh, the Zoltan. Ah, uh, I was close. Coroblob. I was close. <laughs> you were close. I'll, I'll give you one point, but it's not worth the million that I got. <laughs> yes! Oh, I won a quiz for the first time maybe ever. I'm so satisfied with myself, and I came from behind. Damn it. Quizzing. Yes. I really I really let this slot in the in the roster down. Yes. <laughs> if it. you think that Josh should have won the quiz, maybe you can tweet at him, Josh, what is your tweet sore? Oh, uh, I'm at Joss in a box, J-O-S-I-N-A-B-O-X. And Charles, if they want to congratulate you on your quiz victory. Well, my Twitter's not nearly as gutchy. It's just at Charles Prize. 
but maybe I'll add a box in there. I don't know. Wait and see. And if you have interesting quiz ideas, send them to me uh, at Game Club Cast, the official Twitter of our Game Club podcast. Uh, next fortnight on Game Club, <gasps> we are going to play Prison Architect. Ooh, yeah. So another another indie game on the on the indie game train. Uh, Prison Architect received a lot of fanfare, and there's even, there's even been a couple of games that have sort of copied its style. But Rim Charles, World I know you're example. all about just the justice system and incarceration. <laughs> I am. I love that people go to jail. It satisfies <laughs> me on a deep level. Are you going to get it on? Are you going to get it on, on iPad? Is there an iPad version? Yeah, so I've got it on PC, but uh, if there, I, I don't, actually don't know. But if there is, yes, yes, I will get it on that because that's that's kind of a thing that I do now. Because considering it's me too. Considering Prison Architect is kind of well, uh, uh, according to their video, filled with kind of crazy bugs and kind of fun nonsense stuff, mm. like you know people spontaneously catching on fire or eating their dinner off the shower floor or whatever. That sounds wonderful. Does that not break your sensibilities if you're looking at? You know, everything being well-constructed justice system? No, no, no. My justice system could be wacky and full of whimsy. I'm fine. Cool. As, as long as justice is being served. Yeah. Like yeah. cartoon justice, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. Well, Josh, yeah. do you think we'll have you back or do you think Catherine will actually play the game this time and we'll get her back on this? She's part? played this one before, actually. So, uh, <laughs> She'll be able to know. cheat. Sneaky. <laughs> Sneaky Catherine. Well, I think what what will be interesting actually, if she, if she does do it, is that uh, she played it right when it came out uh, a lot, and then kind of got upset with how unpolished and unfinished it was. So I wonder if it's kind of if it's really shined itself up in the last however many years, maybe a couple. Or whether of years. it's still unpolished and unfinished, and she right. just has to live with it. <laughs> yeah. Just suck it up. That is the discovery. Uh, mm. We will soon find out. Well, thank you very much for uh, for coming on the podcast, Josh. Sure. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, thanks again, Josh. Uh, Josh in a box for coming on the podcast. Uh, please let us know if you've got some game club recommendations. We can play some future games. Uh, until next time, I've been your prison warden, Dan. We're, we're architect theming already. I've been your very uh, badly built prison architect, Charles. And I... I get it. I could be a prisoner. I'll be a prisoner, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Good Thanks <to> you. for listening. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.